Welcome to this episode of the Learning and Teaching podcast. This week I'm joined by a couple of colleagues from the Vet School here at the University of Glasgow who are going to talk to us about some of the innovations that they've made, had to make, uh, for the new scenario that we find ourselves in this year in 2020. So uh, would you both like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm uh, Fiona Dow. I'm the Foundation Phase Leader, so that covers both first and second year of our BVMS programme up at the Vet School. Hi, I'm Emily Law. I'm a clinical skills lecturer at the vet school, so I teach all years. And the semester just started for us um, a week ago. This is the end of week one. How are things going so far? Yeah, it's been busy and a, a bit challenging, obviously, slightly different circumstances than normal, but uh, so far so good. Our students seem to be settling in, which is great. Good. And the, the reason that you're here to talk to us is about how you managed some of the pressures reconductions in the previous week. So what were you trying to achieve with that? Well, normally during our induction week, we've got around 140, 150 new vet students coming onto campus. And as you might expect, they've got all sorts of questions, all sorts of issues. They can't get access to various different systems or maybe problems with registration and enrollment. And so what we normally do is have um, a, a kind of I need help drop in session is what we call it, where we just sit in the social area of our Mary Stewart building where we've got a series of booths and we have a range of different staff who have got kind of knowledge and expertise in different areas. So somebody to do with registration and enrollment from our student support team, uh, our learning technologist to help with Moodle and Mahara issues maybe somebody from IT, and then um, a couple of core staff who can just help with general queries. And um, we then have um, one or two members of staff who kind of um, welcome the students as they come down and triage them. So find out what their problem is and, and put them in touch uh, with um, the, the person who can hopefully answer their question. And this has worked really well for a number of years now. And it, it you know, it gives that personal touch and it, it helps to um, resolve any issues before they become problems really and it's, it's much quicker than forum posts or, or email chains going on. So this year we decided it was really important to try and recreate this obviously we couldn't do it in the normal face-to-face -face way and in some discussions with Emily uh, we came up with the idea of, of using Zoom to do that. So how did students experience all of this from there and then what happens when they show up? Well, they would come into the waiting room and they'd, they'd have the information that Emily had set up for them. And then basically we admitted them one by one. We'd bring them in, say hi, you know, have a bit of a chat and find out what their, their issue was. Um, and then we could decide who was most appropriate to pass them on to. Now, a couple of them actually had really simple, quick, straightforward questions that we just answered there and then. But there were others who maybe were still struggling with something to do with registration and enrollment or couldn't see what they thought they should see on Moodle. And so we were able to allocate them um, into a room to get some um, specific help. Um, as far as privacy with me being the host of the meeting, I could keep an eye on in each individual breakout room. So I could see when the student actually left that room. So, so when that person was free again to help another student. So it means that we didn't kind of accidentally interrupt the kind of one-on-one -on -one experience that, that the student was having. And I suppose that was one of the benefits of the, the kind of initial triage, because we could work out what their issues were. And if somebody had had two very different issues, we could have said, right, we'll go in to this room to start with and then come back and we can um, reallocate you to, to the second person to answer that question. Okay. 
out of curiosity, then do they have to come back to the main breakout room to be reallocated for that? Yeah. Okay. Or they can, um, there is a kind of I need help button that they can hit at any point as well. But we we ask them to come back to the main area. Okay. And so how did you actually go through this step by step then? If someone else is looking out, is out there listening to this, looking to replicate it, what, what kind of things do they need to do? Well, I don't know a huge amount about Zoom. So I um, spoke to Emily, who's been uh, doing all sorts of things with it over the summer for our final year students. So I'll let Emily explain to you what we did. So the, the main thing um, we wanted to do was use the breakout, breakout rooms for the privacy for each student. So in settings, there's just a couple of um, points that um, you have to set up before you actually start your meeting. So the under security for the waiting room, you can actually customize the waiting room which some people may want to do. So you can add a logo or change the comment that the students would see while they're actually waiting in the waiting room. So you can personalize that more. The next thing that I would recommend doing is I quite liked having a sound that played anytime someone entered the waiting room or the kind of main area where Fiona and I were waiting for students. So if you tick that to yes and I just have it for hosts and co-hosts so the students don't actually hear it. Um, so that's quite helpful if you are busy either in a breakout room or talking to another student. It helps you keep an eye on how many students you have waiting. And then the other thing that you need to do is actually enable the breakout rooms themselves. So if you go down to advanced meeting settings, you have the breakout rooms here. And I don't find the box allow host to assign participants when scheduling helpful because that really depends on how the students actually log on to the meeting. So if they didn't use their student email address, it wouldn't actually recognize them. So if they use their phone or laptop. So I've, I've never really used that function myself, but I don't know if someone else would want to or not. So those are the kind of main settings that um, you need to kind of enable before you actually schedule your meeting. And then to schedule the meeting, so obviously you just put the topic name, the time, when it will be. Um, so the big one is making sure that you have the waiting room box ticked. We didn't use a passcode for our meetings. And then what you want to do, um, we quite like having the participant muted on entry just so you don't get any big background noise initially. And then, like I said, you can pre-sign breakout rooms here, but um, I've never done that. I, I was just going to say assigning breakout rooms for this type of session wouldn't work because we don't know who's going to turn up. So it's a it, by default, it's... Um, Sorry, by definition, it's a, a drop-in session. We don't know who's going to be coming in. Um, and so that wouldn't work on this particular occasion. And uh, if I can make an observation on there, I think actually having muted your participants on entry, bringing them into the whole process of, of uh, maybe thinking about coming in, uh, muting themselves until they have something to, to, to say, which I'm going to make an assumption here. A lot of our 17, 18 year old students may have used Zoom for some sessions over the summer, some, some private things, but maybe not in such a professional context, if you can call it that, as university. So indoctrinating them early. Yes. <laughs> Zoom etiquette. Yeah. Um, alternative hosts. So 
I found it worked quite well with Fiona and I both being in the main room of the Zoom meeting. Um, it just allowed us to have someone that was actually speaking more to the students themselves. And then it, it made me free to actually keep an eye on who was waiting to be seen and, and who was in the breakout rooms. So I made uh, Fiona a co-host um, to help with the, with the actual managing of the session. Absolutely. And just to, to come in there, conversely, it was really helpful for me because I was kind of welcoming the student, chatting to them, finding out what their issue was, knowing that Emily was managing who was where and who was keep, you know, keeping an eye on how busy the rooms were and whether there was space to allocate the, the particular individual to the room um, that was appropriate for them. Having multiple people run sessions on Zoom, especially at this time in the year where things are, are getting going, seems to be a theme. I've had a lot of conversations with people who would recommend having an extra hand on deck just to, to do the technical management as well. Or maybe not just to do that, but so that one of you can have that as, as one of your tasks. And we, we did certainly give them the option to ask their questions via chat if they wanted to as well. So it did allow me to, to keep an eye on, on that as well. And did you have any uh, did you have any students who came across problems? Did anyone need help? And how did you manage that process if they did? I mean, just from a technical perspective. We did have a couple that had audio issues, didn't we, Fiona? Or yes, um, as um, I think Emily mentioned, we um, encouraged them to use the chat if, if they weren't able to connect with audio. And I think there was one student who struggled um, actually to come in but we could see their name so I just um, quickly burned them on email and sent them a message and um, said you know just ask your question by email um, and that worked out fine. Okay I'm always curious to see what, what backup plans people have in place because it's, yeah. it's, it's a thing that you, you don't really think about that you're going to need until you, you realise you need it you know yeah. the other conversations right now I'm having with people are about what happens if Zoom goes down you know <laughs> how does the class know where to regroup uh, which is a different situation from what you're talking about here. But yeah, I wonder how many people out there have said, okay, so we'll all just go to a middle forum and watch for the posts, tell us all what to do if we fail uh, or whatever people are doing these days. Uh, okay, great. So do you think it worked well then? Um, if, you, if you could do it all over again, would you do it the same way? Yeah, I think it was a really effective solution for something that, you know, obviously we couldn't run in our normal on-campus approach and the, the sessions, so we, we did two during induction week and then we've whole, had another one this week and we're planning another one next week in, in week two. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice, um, you know, just to, to know that they know we're there, if, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, it sounds like it's been really useful for your students. I'm sure hearing about how you've done this is really useful for other people who are thinking about how to, to build that sense of community and personal connection with their own students this year. Um, if anyone has any questions about this, I suppose they might be able to get in touch with you. Of course they can, yes. Yep. They, they can email either myself or Emily or both of us. Okay, yep. we'll make sure we've got some details on how to do that in the notes next to the, 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 the podcast here. Well, thanks very much for joining us and taking the time to share your experiences of how you've flipped your, your approach from, from the old face-to-face -to, -face to the, the new world online environment. And uh, if anybody else out there listening or watching this uh, wants to know more about what the University of Glasgow has in terms of advice, your one-stop shops are gla.ac.uk slash blended. 
on the website and on Moodle, we have a wealth of resources on how to build your Moodle course and how to do a lot of other aspects of, of online and remote teaching at gla.ac.uk slash how to Moodle. But for now, thanks very much Fiona and Emily for coming to join us. Well, thank, thank you. you.